This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Contested and complicated histories create the best books. This is true for many volumes, and is certainly so for Jazz Dance, a history of the roots and branches, a recent work edited by Wendy Oliver and Lindsay Gorino. Picking up where Marshall and Jean Stearns left off over two decades ago, Oliver and Gorino bring to the field a book that calls together some of the best contemporary scholarship on the history, progenitors, and cultural forces that shaped the uniquely American art form known as jazz dance. Created in part as a resource for students, the book is unique in its accessibility, diversity of authorship, and willingness to engage the complicated racial and social history of jazz dance. Wendy Oliver has been teaching and choreographing at Providence College since 1985 and is the director of the PC Dance Company. Dr. Oliver is chair of the Department of Theater, Dance, and Film, and also runs the Children's Dance Program on the Providence College campus. An active dancer and choreographer, Lindsay Garino is assistant professor of music, theater, and dance at Salve Regina University and artistic director of Extensions Dance Company. On behalf of the New Books Network Dance Channel, I would like to thank you both for being here. We're so excited today to be talking to you about an amazing book and resource for the dance field, Jazz Dance, A History of the Roots and Branches. Um, Wendy, I'm going to come to you first, and I'm wondering if you could just talk to our listeners a little bit about who the ideal audience is for this book or Who did you have in mind when you were thinking about developing this project? Well, the project came about because Lindsay and I both taught at Providence College at that time, and we realized that there was no appropriate book for our students in higher education. And we're talking mostly about beginning dance students, but even students who have had dance for many years but just haven't studied the history of dance. And we felt that there wasn't an appropriate textbook out there um, that would work for our students. And we wanted to see if we could provide something. Lindsay, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that in terms of thinking about the audience for this book or who might be able to use it? Um, Well, I think Wendy covered it, but although the book was constructed with college-age students in mind, um, we feel like it is really accessible and a valuable resource for any dancer or any lover of dance, really. Um, anyone who has an interest in jazz would benefit from reading it. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, I'm going to stay with you then. Um, 
given your own career as an educator and your past as a, you know, dancer, choreographer, teacher in a range of settings, can you talk a little bit about what this book means for you in terms of doing this project at this time in your career? Sure. Um, I had spent the years leading up to our work on the book really invested in my creative work, first as a dancer and then as a choreographer and all the while as a teacher. Um, I had also been directing the dance program at Salve Regina University. I've been there for nine years now, so that's, that comes with a whole different set of responsibilities, being a program director. Um, so diving into this project was really challenging and incredibly satisfying. For me, it enabled me to rediscover a love that I had always had, which was for um, reading and writing, and it made me really motivated to do more extensive research in jazz from here on out. Um, and I think it also provided both of us well, all of us, I should say, all of the authors, with a great sense of community that was different than, for me, anything I had experienced beforehand because it was such a true collaboration amongst all the authors and because everyone shared that same love of jazz dance, I think it really helped me feel a sense of place um, throughout all of my dance studies, I always put a lot of pressure on myself to do it all, study ballet, modern jazz equally, and try to stretch myself thin. And I think that in doing this work, it made me feel like I didn't have to justify my love for jazz as much, that jazz is enough in studying that and delving into both the creative and scholarly aspects of it. Um, I think that I'm looking forward to just owning that now. Yeah. Mm, that's really compelling in terms of this idea of jazz being elevated and amplified as a vocabulary and how the book really um, helps learners do that and how that was beneficial yeah. to you in terms of your own process as an educator, artist, and administrator. Now, Wendy, I know you've been in the field um, as a veteran for a very long time. Can you talk to us? about what this book means to you right now? Well, I'm so happy that we were able to put together something with the help of all the authors that seems to be reaching people, in, you know, all over North America. And people seem to be using it and uh, finding it very helpful in their courses and uh, using different articles from it, getting stimulated by the ideas in it, and also feeling like it's a great go-to reference for jazz dance. And so I'm really happy about that. I feel as though we were able to fill a gap and a need. And I also feel like, you know, we, we were able to do it with style because of having um, good writers working with us and having... Um, the concept of making it broad and encompassing and also getting into some of the stickier issues surrounding jazz dance. And I think that was a really good part of what we did was just to take on the disagreements in the jazz dance community and let that be a part of the whole thing. So we were able to have a conversation through the book. That's really helpful, Wendy. I want to stay with you um, on that point, especially thinking about 
um, some of those debates that are addressed in the pages of the text. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what you think are some of the distinguishing features of the book? Well, the book has six different sections, and we spend the first few chapters uh, within the first section talking about the nature of jazz dance, and we try to give different definitions by different people within the jazz dance world of jazz dance as an art form. And people talk about it from their own experience as well as their scholarly research. And they talk about it in different ways that make sense, I think, to anyone who reads it. You can understand what each person is saying and you can see the differences in their viewpoints. And then you can understand for yourself how, what a broad spectrum of beliefs people have about jazz dance and become informed about it. I think a great feature of the book is the section on the history of jazz dance. And there's a, a continuum that started from the roots of African dance, which was your chapter, and we followed that with chapters on uh, what happened when dance came over, uh, African dance came here and what happened to it as it was in this country and developed into jazz dance. And that whole process took quite a long time and it's very involved and interesting. And I think that that provides a great backdrop for some of the more contemporary issues that we were getting into. Uh, and I think the last section of the book is really interesting because it touches on some different specific ideas and experiences within jazz dance. Um, there are people like Billy Sigenfield who has his own jazz dance company in Chicago who wrote about his own aesthetic and his idea of um, of uh, what jazz dance is or should be. And then there are others who wrote about the idea of racism within jazz dance in Hollywood cinema and also uh, today or or in the earlier days of this of the 20th century. And there uh, we have a lot of articles on things that are adjunct to jazz dance, for instance, a chapter on hip-hop dance, another one on jazz dance, another one on musical theater, and all those are forms that are related to jazz dance. One of the things that I love about the book is this figure of a tree that shows the roots of jazz as well as the various offshoots that are related to the vocabulary, and just that image alone um, is a great kind of jumping off point, starting point for conversations with students and educators about their approach to teaching, thinking, dancing, and writing about jazz. So, Lindsay, I wanted to ask you, um, given the richness of American dance history and all of the different forms that have emanated from here, why do you think it was important for you to create or be a part of the creation of this book at this time? 
why was it critical to the field that we have a jazz dance book at this juncture? Well, like Wendy had said before, it was so needed. And uh, when we began the project, we were teaching at Providence College, and I would be photocopying articles for my jazz classes. And that's when um, the idea came about that this maybe was something that we should try to do. As soon as we opened that up to potential authors, to people that we knew and respected within the jazz community, everyone felt that same exact need. So everyone was on the same page right from the start. Um, It was apparent that everyone had been feeling the same frustration, but what's been really rewarding is seeing all of that frustration about not having an appropriate textbook has now been channeled into excitement over the book and excitement over where we can potentially go from here. Um, It was Really, only moments after the book was published that people started asking when we would start on a follow-up book. So that, I think, alone makes it really clear that there was so much that needed to be written, and there's still so much that needs to be covered in the future. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, I want to stay with you for a minute there, given that, you know, as soon as the book dropped, people were asking for a second yeah. book, and I'm sure there had to be um, questions about what to include in a first volume, what would you say were the particular challenges that you and when faced in developing this book project, and how did you meet them so that we now have this amazing resource to teach from? Yeah, definitely the biggest challenge from the beginning was finding the right outline for the book, deciding exactly what we needed to include. Um, because there was so much information to cover and so many perspectives that we felt we needed to touch upon. So we grappled at the beginning with that initial idea of having all of these various perspectives on the nature of jazz. So we had to figure out how to address those in a way that wouldn't alienate any one perspective. And then we wanted the book to be constructed in a way that was logical, um, chronological, and we were afraid of leaving any significant significant gaps. So that process of just shaping the outline of the book took us a few years. Right up to the end, we were still noticing an area that we might need to fill in and then trying to find the right authors to write on the specific topics. So that was probably our biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it went from five sections to six between the proof mm-hmm. in the last proofreading or so. Yeah. Somewhere. Given those challenges then, Wendy, I would ask, what has been sort of the biggest surprise or delight for you in terms of the response to the book so far? Well, I was really happy when it sold out the the first edition, and uh, it's now going to paperback, and I'm not sure if anybody's actually seen a paperback yet, but I understand they're for, for sale on Amazon and on the UPS website. Um, so that's really great. And I think just hearing from various colleagues that they've been using the book has been really great. And Lindsay and I went recently to the National Dance Education Organization Conference, and we presented as part of a panel that included some of the authors of the book, 
and there the room was really packed with people. So it was really exciting to share our our discussion with them. But also a lot of them talked about how um, the the book was useful and meaningful to them. So that was really exciting to have that uh, live interaction with people who were actually benefiting from it. I'm I'm just so glad that it's spurring conversation and dialogue amongst other dance educators, amongst jazz enthusiasts, amongst students. I got an email just a couple of weeks ago from a colleague in the U.K., um, sharing with me that a student had recently written a paper and cited two of the chapters in the book. Oh, and that was just really, great. you know, it was just really exciting because yeah. we, we do this work and we strive to do it with integrity mm-hmm. and to put it in, and, and then you just, you put it out into the world and there's a way in which you don't know what's going to happen with it. You don't right. know. And, and to know true. that this project that everybody who was a part of it breathed so much life into, to know that students are getting the benefit of it, I think is really, oh, what a joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it really is a pleasure. Um, I'd like to ask you, Wendy, just staying with you for a moment, what's next for you? Do you have any other writing projects on tap that might be of interest to our listening audience? Are you working on something else right now? I am. I do happen to be working on another book, and I'm doing this project with Doug Reisner, who's published a lot on boys and men in dance. And the mm-hmm. theme of the the theme of the book is dance and gender. And we are working with a number of different authors. It's it's not so much like the jazz dance project where there was an outline and certain things to cover. It was more of a uh, situation where there was a call for papers on the topic, and we saw what came in, and we um, just made selections based on what people were interested in writing about. But the whole idea behind it is to share empirical studies, so, so studies where people are looking, say, just at, adolescent girls in dance competitions and what their attitudes are towards femininity and looking at boys and boys' dance classes and um, what their attitudes towards dance are. And then there's another study that looks at dance companies and how many companies there are headed by men versus women and which one of those companies get more funding and more opportunities to perform in famous venues and things like that. So it's it's a lot of different kinds of articles, um, and some of them are about classroom situations, some about companies, some about, um, you know, d- different ways of teaching. Oh, there's one really interesting one in Australia where there was a, a man named Gareth Belling who is a choreographer, and he created a duet. Well, he created a few different pieces, but this duet, and his company performed it some nights with two men, some nights with a man and a woman, and some nights with two women. And then they did a survey, a quick survey that they gave to the audience and tried to determine what kinds of different reactions people had depending on who was performing in it. So that was really interesting. 
That and sounds really exciting. Yeah. So it's it's just a lot of different things, but it's trying to take a snapshot of gender in dance today and see what's happening and where we are in terms of um, gender equity, but also just in terms of the you know how much we are either complying with popular culture or working against it or, you know, what are people's attitudes towards those kinds of things and and how that affects the dance world as a whole. So that's the project I'm working on now. And I also hope to do something with Lindsay that's a follow-up article. And we've been talking about it for a while, but... Uh, hopefully, we'll have time to do it a little bit. We're, we're interested in the idea of contemporary jazz dance companies and what what kinds of things they're doing and what constitutes jazz now in terms of what people call themselves because there are a lot of jazz dance companies that have recently taken the word jazz out of their name and also there's some... And there's some companies who have called themselves jazz companies that really are more ballet companies. So it's just very curious what what's out there, and we're interested in researching that. I have to say, as someone who comes from a competition background, I'm really interested in that in the in your project, as well as the whole thing about language and naming right now. Um, we live in the. I live in a city where our um, kind of major dance company in town has just changed their name pretty drastically from being oh, yeah? known as dance, yeah from being known as a dance theater to being known solely as a ballet company and the oh. commitment around that and what that has meant in terms of how people are perceiving the company already has been really really interesting. So that 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 definitely yeah. resonates with me. Lindsay, are you working on anything right now that might be of interest to our audience? Any creative projects or writing projects um, on that? Uh, well, in terms of creative projects, I just finished a new jazz piece. Um, it's titled Sirens, and it's a work on three ladies. It kind of has a, a nostalgic jazz era feel to it in the first section, but then it evolves into really loose, kind of loopy movement that's still rhythmic, but... Um, infused with more modern. Um, So I'm excited about that. And I'm going to be hosting the first ever jazz-specific NDEO special topics conference at Salve Regina University in Newport, Rhode Island in the summer of 2016. So we're just working on those conversations right now. Um, We're hoping that it will... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, we're hoping. I hope it can come. <laughs> yes, we hope so. Um, and we're hoping that it'll coincide with the Newport Jazz Festival. So, uh, in hopes that there might be some exciting collaborations there between jazz musicians and jazz dancers. And we've also been trying to envision ways to make the conference interact with jazz artists in the private sector. That's 
personally, one of my goals is bridging those gaps between jazz in the private studios and jazz in higher education. And I'm sure, Takiyah, you understand growing up in a competition studio that the dancing that's done in those studios is often um, more limited in scope than what's done in higher ed. So I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a real disconnect there. And I'm really interested in ways that we can bridge that gap. And uh, we had a, a meeting at the November NDEO conference, Wendy and myself, and many of the other authors that helped on the book. And it seems like we are all on the same page with what needs to happen. So I think that's going to be really exciting. That sounds really great. And I am going to mark my calendar now for the summer 2016 Jazz Conference. I mean, that's just an amazing opportunity for the field and for us to come together and talk about sort of the future of jazz dance studies, how we might be conceiving of that nationally, internationally, and how it might intersect with larger questions around jazz dance pedagogy, um, promotion of jazz dance sort of in a performance Mm -hmm. context. And I've never been to the jazz festival, so this is as good a reason as any. Yes, I know. Isn't it perfect? And actually, not all the musicians, but many of the musicians that travel to Newport for the jazz festival have a history of staying on campus anyway. So it's just, it seems really organic the way that it's all materializing. We're excited about it. I'm excited, too. I'm excited, too. Well, on behalf of the New Books Network, I'd like to thank both of you for coming on today and talking to us about this amazing project that is already um, sending uh, a positive ripple throughout the field. And I just want to thank you both for your efforts in amplifying jazz dance, which is a truly American art form and something of our shared heritage of which we should be proud. So thank you very much for giving us a little time today. Thank Thank you, Takiya. You've been listening to an interview with Wendy Oliver and Lindsay Garino, co-editors of Jazz Dance, A History of the Roots and Branches, published by University Press of Florida. The book is available now in hardcover and paperback at local booksellers and online retailers. I'm Takia Nur Amin, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the New Books Network Dance Channel. Thanks for listening, and keep on reading.